0: Hello and welcome to The Bulletin with UBS on Monocle Radio. Each week, the sharpest minds and freshest thinkers in finance take you beyond the numbers and hype right to the heart of the big issues of the day. This week, we're once again checking in with one of our regulars on the programme, Paul Donovan, to discuss his recent writing on data sets. We'll be considering the difference between economic reality and reported data, issues rooted in consumers' non-rational behaviour, the challenges of outlier events like the pandemic and the importance of continuing to question received metrics and maybe moving away from bite-sized commentary on economics. As ever, we'll also hear what all this means for the smart investor. So let's once again turn to UBS Global Wealth Management CAO Chief Economist Paul Donovan. Paul Donovan, always good to, to check in with you, and I do love picking your brain about the things you've been musing about and writing about. Adjust your data set. This was a really interesting one. And I guess my first question would be to ask you, what's the difference between the, the sort of the economic reality and the reported economic data? Because these two things are not the same.
1: No, they're definitely not. And they can be really, really big differences because obviously certain things follow seasonal patterns. So, you know, we buy winter clothing in the winter, we buy, you know, swimsuits in the summer. So you get big fluctuations in demand and and other aspects of consumer behavior. And so what we do over the course of a year is try and smooth things out to try and get a better idea about how demand is performing or how the economy is performing relative to normal So the process for this is is known as seasonal adjustment. And what you, you do is you make sure that the seasonal adjustment effect is zero over the year as a whole. But in some months, seasonal adjustment will boost the reported figures relative to reality. And in some months, it will suppress the reported figures relative to reality. And it's just a way of making sure that we don't get... You're distracted by the noise of the fact that people spend differently at different times in the year.
0: And I guess one of the interesting things here, Paul, is you mentioned that, you know, I guess it is rational to buy winter clothes in winter and summer clothes in summer. But there's a problem rooted, I guess, in the fact that consumers outside of those seasonal behaviours, they tend not to behave in a steady, rational fashion, whether that's dry January or pre-Christmas excesses or whatever it might be. There's also the problem that consumers' behaviour fundamentally is non-rational.
1: Well, and this has been one of the really big issues that we've had coming out of the pandemic. So the way that seasonal adjustment occurs is you look at the past and you see, okay, well, this has happened, you know, every March for the last five years. So therefore, you know, that's what normally happens in March now with the pandemic. The absolute period of lockdown, that's been excluded from the calculation. Statisticians recognize that that was a really unusual period, and we shouldn't be using that to try and adjust data now. But one of the problems is, of course, that as we came out of the pandemic, there were very unusual patterns of behavior. I mean, I can remember after one of the UK lockdowns, going to my, my local village pub and sitting outside and shivering in an overcoat because I could go to a pub again. And it wouldn't be normal behavior at that time of year, but simply because I was allowed out of the house, there I was you know, clutching my pint of beer you know, in an overcoat and a scarf and braving the winter weather. So we have had some irrational behavior, and that is being factored in to the seasonal adjustment process, and it's creating quite a lot of distortions now in terms of the way that numbers are being reported, that we're seeing quite a lot of numbers be artificially boosted at the moment, perhaps a little bit more than they should by this seasonal adjustment process.
0: So, Paul, does this mean that, as you, you've explained very clearly, why the pandemic was a sort of an, a, an outlier event and consequently correctly and helpfully excluded? But I, I, from what you say, I, I get the sense, therefore, that it just has a much longer tail than anyone would have expected. I mean, is that is that the problem, that it is a thing that is continuing to shape behaviours, maybe not immediately as you shivering in your in your overcoat, but, but in, in in other ways that no one can possibly have foreseen?
1: Absolutely, and we've we've seen some structural shifts in behavior, which again seasonal adjustment sort of struggles to deal with, so I think that people have clearly started to put more priority on experiences. you know the fanatical desire to go on holiday last year is a is a good instance of that uh, demand for for restaurants and and bar spending has been very resilient even as demand for food at home has perhaps started to become a bit more subdued so We're definitely seeing structural behavioral changes. And of course, the the effects of the pandemic did last quite a long time. I mean, it was a psychological shock, and and that took some time to get over. People's behavior didn't adjust that quickly. And of course, different groups in society perhaps were more cautious in their behavior than others. So that creates additional noise. And then, of course, the financial side that so many people accumulated savings during the pandemic and it gave them an, an unusual ability to, to spend differently. It was like getting a, a windfall, like a lottery win in some ways. And you could go out and splurge on expensive items or you know, spend more than normal in the aftermath of the pandemic. And of course, that's the, that's the issue. This tale did last for quite a long time. I mean, I've often argued that I think 2023 really is the first year we can say the economy is post-pandemic. I don't think you can really argue that for 2022 because whilst the virus may have been receding as a threat, consumer behavior, labor markets, and so on last year were still very much being influenced by the policies of the pandemic.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But one thing that strikes me as interesting is we've, when we do these deeper dives with you, we've questioned things like, uh, I don't know, GDP as a metric recently. Uh, we're questioning the sort of efficacy of seasonal adjustments. A lot of these things obviously are throwing up different problems for statisticians for economists yourself as as a bit of a a spokesman for the for the economists union then what do we need to do is this about continuing to challenge some of these assumptions and some of the established tenets on which we have generally based our forecasting and our analysis what what needs to change to better reflect some of these changes some of which as you've already alluded to are, are potentially sort of structural in character
1: well, I think what needs to change, though I don't think it will change, uh, is we need to clearly move away from the sort of sound bite economics that that we have rather descended into, you know that everything's got to be done in a a thirty second tweetable clip on television or whatever. That doesn't really work because there is a lot more complexity, and you know economists find themselves saying you know sort of yes, but a lot of the time. Because we do, I think, have to try and understand that complexity and not just look at the headline number, but actually, you know, to quote a former Nobel laureate, get our hands dirty with the data. We've actually got to really get in there to understand it. And I think within that, it is important, I think, for the economics profession to stress that economics is not precise. We don't have pinpoint accuracy to the decimal point. And frankly, most people don't care about the decimal points in economics. What we need to do is to make sure that we're communicating the trends, that we're communicating the relationships, but we need to make very clear that we should not be seduced by the illusion of data accuracy. Just because data says it measures job vacancies or business sentiment or export orders – doesn't mean that that is actually what it's measuring. And we we need to sort of look behind the curtain to find out who's operating the machinery and what's actually going on in the background.
0: Paul Donovan, bringing us to the end of this edition of the Bulletin with UBS, setting the agenda in the fast-moving world of finance each week here on Monocle Radio. You can listen again and explore more at the website. That's where you can also join the club and subscribe to monocle magazine you can follow this show wherever you get your podcasts and you can discover more and find out how paul and his colleagues in ubs can help you by heading to ubs.com this is the bulletin with ubs on monocle radio i'm tom edwards thanks for listening